Good morning. What a beautiful Christmas Eve morning it is, and I'm glad I had a full house today. I'm glad you came and joined us this morning. It's been a rough couple weeks. I feel better. I'm glad to be back, kind of about 100% ready to rock and roll and excited about Christmas and tonight, the candlelight service and this morning. So I'm just glad you're here this morning. Uh, bow with me as we pray, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning, uh, Lord, for your birth, that you were willing to to come and be born and, and go to the cross and die for us, Lord. And it all started at your birth, and we want to celebrate that this morning. I'm thankful to be here, Lord, with my brothers and sisters, Lord, to worship you. And everything we do today, Lord, we want to glorify and honor you. It's in your name I do pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes and wish everybody a Merry Christmas.
morning. We all want to make, start making our way back to our seats. I think it's about time. It's time. So first and foremost, I would like to uh, just throw a big thank you to uh, the worship team guys. Come on now. These guys, they work hard every year, for real. And every, every week they're here, they're faithful, they rotate, they don't complain. Um, man, that, they're, they're more than I could ask for, guys. So I wanted to bring them all up here so they got to sing Christmas hymns together and, and harmonize like a choir. So let's just give them a round of applause and let's praise Jesus. Oh, Thank you guys, you may be seated this morning. So just a couple of announcements, I don't have very many, but just a reminder tonight. So tonight is special service, 6 o'clock tonight we'll have our candlelight service, the Christmas Eve candlelight service. If you've never been, uh, it's, a, it's just an awesome deal. It, it looks beautiful, they have it decorated so nice in here. Uh, we'll have some, some special music tonight, uh, a short little mini sermon, um, and then communion, we'll take communion with one another. So if you can't come, I totally get it, a lot of people have a lot of family stuff, but Bring some family and friends if you can uh, for six, 6 o'clock tonight for the candlelight service. 
So that means no Bible studies tonight, uh, and we're also not going to have Wednesday night service. So we want to, I know the cooking teams, uh, they, they wanted a break from Wednesday night. So we're just taking this Wednesday night off. So everybody enjoy your family time this week, like blue and gold basketball tournaments going on. Go watch some basketball Wednesday, uh, pink and white's going on, go cheer the Lady Jays on, whatever you're going to do. But have, have a good week, so no Wednesday night service. Uh, and then grief share. I've mentioned this a couple of times. It's going to be starting up again before we know it. It's going to be on Thursday night starting uh, the end of January, 1st of February. So be ready uh, for that. Also, no freeway next Saturday, correct? No freeway service next Saturday because of the new year. Um, our service times for next Sunday will be normal. So we'll have Sunday school and worship next Sunday morning. Uh, and that's really all I had this morning. Anybody have anything else on announcements? This morning. Okay. Good to see our missionaries are in from Florida for the holidays, right? So make sure she's, one of them's back there in the back, uh, feeding the baby maybe, and the other one's right here. So uh, so make sure you tell Trey and Savannah they're, um, they're running a freeway in Sanford, Florida now. And so excited to have them back for the holidays. So make sure you give them a big hug and and uh, glad to see them this morning. So if you would stand, let's, uh, let's sing some songs with one another before we jump into God's word together. And we'll take up our morning offering. Let's bless that. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning, Lord, for, for just being able to be here, Lord, to worship you and to sing about your birth and to preach about your birth, Lord. And uh, there, there's a lot in our text this morning that I'm excited to share. And so, Lord, I just pray that, uh, Lord, you will be glorified in everything we do this morning. As we give back to you, God, we do want to give, give you our best this morning. You gave us your best, and we want to give you our best. And so, Lord, we, I pray that, this, uh, that the money this morning will be used to further your kingdom, support our missionaries. I'm thankful for Trey and Savannah being back uh, this morning and on, on vacation for the holidays. And so, Lord, just bless them as they're, they're sacrificing everything, Lord, to share your gospel. And, all, and the other missionaries that we support around the world, in our own local area. And so, God, we give you the praise and glory this morning. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.
Jeff's up. If you would, turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Unless, if you would, please remain standing. We'll honor God's word together. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to be in 18 through 25. There's, uh, there's two different really texts about Jesus' birth in Scripture. There's Luke and there's Matthew. And, and this, I, I mean, of course... We preach out of this every Christmas, right? I mean, one of the two texts. But really something jumped out at me today. Um, that, And maybe, you know, you've read this a hundred times, a thousand times probably, you know, the course of your Christian walk, if you've been a Christian a long time. But there's some things just really jumped out to me this week in reading this that I hope we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be blessed by. And there's some lessons here that I think are really good. So Matthew 1, 18 uh, through 25. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. 
For, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you, shall call his, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you this morning, uh, God, just for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you with my brothers and sisters this morning. And It's been a rough couple of weeks with a lot of people, including us, being sick, and so Lord, I'm thankful that we're on the men this morning, and Lord, be it the ones that are, I know we have numerous people out this morning that are still uh, feeling ill. I, I pray for ones that can't be here because of their health and their home watching, Lord, and they're just as part of the body, uh, Lord, as, as they are if they were here. So, Lord, I just pray for encouragement for them. The holidays also, uh, Lord, can be a tough time for people. So, Lord, I maybe people hurting here this morning or watching or just don't want to be here because they're just too hurting, just hurting uh, this morning. So, Lord, I pray for them that, that we can, uh, as a church, encourage them and show them uh, your love. And, Lord, that we can celebrate your birth uh, because without your birth, we're, just, we're not here. And there's no point in being here. And so, Lord, it all starts there. And so I just glorify you this morning. I'm thankful to get to bring your word. It's in your name I do pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I am thankful to, to be back. It's been, as I mentioned, a couple, a rough couple of weeks. I don't, I don't ever hardly get sick ever. And man, I'll tell you what, just having COVID this time, it didn't, didn't wasn't really deathly sick, but just didn't feel good, you know, and I'm glad to be back. Um, Mike had a great lesson on Wednesday night, and I'm going to piggyback off of some of that. We talked about that lesson about what he was going to teach about last Wednesday night, and he sent me his notes, and, and the video for that lesson uh, is online. It's about the virgin birth, uh, and he, he did a great job and a couple of things I'm going to expound on this morning or even cover that he covered, um, but, but what he really covered and what we're going to talk about this morning, the whole main point is that Jesus wasn't born from the seed of a man. He was born of God, by God. The Holy Spirit conceived Jesus uh, in Mary. And that's important because if Jesus was born of Joseph's seed, then he would have had a sin nature like you and I. And then he couldn't have been God. He wouldn't have been God. He couldn't have been. Nor could he have been the perfect sacrifice on the cross for our sins. So because of his birth and this miraculous birth that's in our text this morning, that's what paved the way. That is how we know that Jesus is God lived a perfect life, went to the cross, and died for our sins. And without that, we aren't here. But there's some other lessons in this text this morning that, boy, I just really jumped out to me. And one of them's from Joseph. We just don't know a whole lot about Joseph. Um, there, there's just, and I'm not talking about the Joseph in the Old Testament, this Joseph here, uh, Mary's Joseph. We don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, it, it doesn't mention him after this. We don't know uh, he wasn't at Jesus' crucifixion. We know that. So something happened to Joseph uh, along the way where he went to heaven. But in the text, it says Mary was betrothed or engaged to Joseph. So in, in those times, in biblical times, a betrothal was as binding as modern-day marriage. So it was just the same as like they were married legally. So legally they were, were married, but they had not had the ceremony or the week of celebration, and they had not uh, came together and consummated that marriage yet. So it, but it was legally binding, uh, and, 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 and uh, it, it was an important thing. Uh, Mary and Joseph's physical union as husband and wife hadn't taken place. So Joseph here has a big problem on his hands. 
And I, want, and I really want to focus on this. He is engaged to this young woman. He hasn't known her yet. And yet she comes to him and says, I'm pregnant. We got a huge problem now, right? Now, if you remember back in the other text that I mentioned in Luke chapter 1, we're told that an angel, a specific angel named Gabriel, came and visited Mary and told her that she would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So I want to flip over to that real quick and just read that just for context so you know. Uh, so turn to Luke chapter 1 real quick, and I want to read that. It's 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. Just a couple of books over. Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born shall be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month, sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So Mary gets a heads up. You notice the angel comes to Mary. Mary gets a heads up about what's going to happen. Now can you imagine, and I thought about this week, can you imagine the conversation that Mary has with Joseph? Honey, um, I need to talk to you. Uh, I'm pregnant, but I didn't cheat on you. I promise. I don't, there's nobody else. God has conceived a son in me. Now if you're Joseph... I want you to think about if you're Joseph. If you're Joseph, put your fellas, put yourself into Joseph's shoes. He is furious. He has to be. He obviously is because he wants to divorce her. He, he doesn't believe her. He comes to her. She comes to him and says, and says all that. He's furious. He's hurt. He thinks he's been lied to. He thinks he's, she's had an affair, that she's, she's not the kind of woman that he thought he was marrying. But what does it say about Joseph. This is one of the only things we really know about Joseph. It says he was a just man. Now, I, don't, I want you to remember, what is the legal punishment to handle adultery? According to God's law, in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, Mary could have been drugged out of the city and stoned to death. She could have died by stoning for adultery. Joseph is a just man. He, he's a just man. He could have had Mary stoned to death. But what does a just man really mean? If you look this up and do some digging, which I did, it, what it really means, it means he was a true believer in God. That he followed God and his laws. That he was a true follower of God. One of the things that Joseph knows about God is that God is merciful. And, and he's merciful. And, he sh and, and Joseph shows that. He truly loves Mary. 
He truly loves this woman. He doesn't want to see her stoned to death for adultery. So what does he want to do? He wants to divorce her quietly. He wants to just end the situation and move on. And you know what it says, but he doesn't overreact. I love this. In verse 20 in our text in Matthew, it says, as he considered these things. Now, that's something to be learned right there. That's what it really gave me pause this week. I'll tell you, church, there's something to be learned there. Joseph didn't make decisions based on emotions or feelings. He didn't jump the gun on anything. He took time to consider what to do. He took time to consider how to handle this situation. Now, because we learned that he was a just man, he's definitely in deep sorrow. He has anger. He's upset. We, we, I'm not reading too much into the text to figure that out because he's wanting to get rid of her, right? He's in deep sorrow over this. And he, 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 is, he is upset. The woman that he loved is now pregnant, not by him, and is lying to him about it. And it's concocted this huge story that's involved God, and he is upset. I guarantee you, I don't want to read too much in the text, but I'm sure that Joseph is spending time in what? Prayer. He's praying to God. He is seeking God in this whole thing. How do I know that? Because it says he was a just man. So he's trying to figure out, what should I do over this? What has happened to my life? The woman that I love, what, what's, what's happening, right? And guess what God does, though? God answers him. God answers him. He sends the same angel that he had sent to Mary to give Joseph the answer. Verse 20, it says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So God sends an angel, just like he did Mary, to confirm, to confirm that Mary, in fact, hasn't cheated on him, and she's not crazy, that God has picked Mary to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, what an honor to, for Mary and for Joseph. Because God also picks Joseph to be the one to support Mary and to support the infant child, God in flesh. What an honor for him. What an honor. Now, that couldn't have been easy for Joseph. You, you have to think about that Joseph takes Mary as his wife and he doesn't know her until after the birth of Jesus. So all he knows is she's pregnant, and, and this is going to be God in flesh, and now he's going to support her. Can you imagine all the talk from people about Joseph and Mary? All the gossip, all the slander. But God picks Joseph. God picked a just, righteous, obedient man to be the husband of Mary. And you know what else it makes me consider? That Joseph didn't overreact. To a horrible situation in his life, he considered these things and what to do. He pondered what to do. It also tells me, what it also tells me, and I don't know why I've never thought of this before in this text, but it also tells us, church, what God thinks about the family structure. It also tells us a lot what he thinks about a biblical family. What does he think? One wife and one husband. Now, it came out this week. I read this this week that the Roman Catholic Pope has told priests now to give blessings to same-sex couples. Folks, that's the way of the world. That is not a biblical family structure. This is a biblical family structure. 
This is how God wanted his son to be raised. By a mom and a dad. God brings his son into the world with a couple that what? Are devoted. Both of them love the Lord. They're devoted to his words. They follow. When God tells them to do something, what do they do? They do it. They're obedient. They follow it. That's an example for us today. I don't think there's been any other time in history. I'm sure there has been, but not that I can remember. That, when, that God's design for a family hasn't been attacked more than what it is right now. You have young couples that aren't even really aren't even getting married anymore. Don't want to have kids. I mean, God's design is for a man and a woman to come together and have children to populate the earth. You have young, young couples that just live with one another for years and years and years and never, never get married, never make the commitment of marriage. God doesn't like that. There, there's a design that he has here. And, 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 and listen, our culture, our culture also would have told Mary to do what? Get an abortion. You're not ready. Ha, you're, you're a young lady. You're not ready for a child. Our culture would have told Joseph to do what? To run. You don't need the responsibility of supporting a child. You certainly, Joseph, don't need the responsibility of supporting a child that's not yours. It wasn't just the opposite what God told him to do. It's amazing. It's really amazing. God desires our households to have husbands and wives, parents that love him and keep his commands. And raise children to do the same thing. It's an amazing design that we see right here with the birth of Jesus. Now we get into really the, the even more important than that. That's kind of just a side note. The really important part is the virgin birth, the incarnation of Jesus. So if you go back to Matthew, go back to Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Many of you here, like I said, we're here on Wednesday night. Mike did an amazing job of teaching about the virgin birth. But I want to cover just a few things about that this morning. Because it is a topic that we can easily leave out here. The virgin birth is important because it was by the means by what the word became flesh. How God became flesh. This is how it happened. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, God becomes flesh. And, and something else that we can easily miss over here is that Jesus already existed before his birth. This isn't when Jesus was created Jesus already existed. So if you go back to one of these texts that in the, in, in the book of Isaiah, um, the prophet Isaiah had many prophecies about Jesus' birth. One of those is Isaiah 9, 6. And this is a, a very common verse that we read at Christmas time. It says, for, for, us, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So the child who is born is the son who was given. We're not talking about two different people. It's the same person. The child that was born is the son who was given. They aren't two different people Isaiah is talking about. It's the same person, Jesus Christ. Galatians 4.4 teaches us the same thing. It says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So literally, the virgin birth is when the eternal Son of God took on human flesh. Without losing any of his divine nature, he added a human nature. So he's already God, he just adds a human nature. 
And all of that took place in the, in the Virgin Mary's womb. You also see here a parallel to creation. Back in Genesis 1, chapter 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Well, what happens in the virgin birth? The virgin birth is essential because it preserves the truth that Jesus is fully God and fully man at the same time. His physical body he received from Mary, but his eternal holy nature was his from all eternity past. And wh where did that creation happen? Where did that, where did that uh, come together? The Spirit of God is what? Hovering. Where? Where did, where did uh, the angel Gabriel tell Mary that was going to happen at? The Holy Spirit was going to come upon her. That happens in her womb. Because Joseph wasn't his physical father, Joseph's sin nature wasn't passed on to Jesus. That's, that's why this is so important. Because without the virgin birth, we don't have a Savior. Without the virgin birth, we're dead in our sin. If Jesus has a sin nature, he can't be a perfect sacrifice. He can't forgive us of our sins. But because he's born of God. And that's what Hebrews, Hebrews 7.26 says this. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest. Holy, innocent, unstained, separate from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. If Jesus would have been born by human hands, or by Joseph being his father, then he could not have been God in flesh. That's why Christmas is so important. And literally God, why, why did he do all that though? He did all that. He literally leaves the comforts of heaven. Sets aside those comforts. And is willing to be born and live a life not of in a palace. The kids did their Christmas program last week. You notice we had up here, what do we have up here? A manger, a barn stall. He didn't come in a palace, even though he owns everything. He set aside all of that, humbled himself to the point of death on a cross for us. If he wouldn't have been God in flesh, then he could not have went to the cross for our sins. It all starts with this. It all starts with this. That would mean that we would be dead in our sins this morning, brothers and sisters. We would be dead in our sins. We would be separated from God because of our sin. We would be walking dead men, dead in our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 and 57 really sums this up. It says, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So without Christ, we're dead. The sting of sin is upon us. The death sentence of our sin is upon us. With Jesus, though, we're free. That's amazing. It all starts at his birth. All right, the last thing. This is amazing. I might cover this Wednesday, too. The virgin birth shows us so much about the grace of God. It really shows us about God's grace. Uh, go back to Matthew 1. Let's read 1, uh, 21 again. Matthew 1, 21. In our text, it says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay, here's a quick point. 
God took the initiative. God took the initiative. Listen, Mary wasn't looking to get pregnant. Joseph had no role in the conception. So who did everything in this? God did. God did. God, all the power came from God. Now why did he do that? Why did he do all this? I, brought, I mentioned this just a minute ago. He did this because he loved us. Living in heaven, being born on earth, to live a life of discomfort and then endure the cross. Because of his grace. Why? Because of his grace, his mercy, and his love. There's no other verse that sums it up better than Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's a free gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. God did all of it. God did everything. And with our salvation, God did all of it. God did it all. It's an amazing parallel. Without him taking the initiative, we are dead in our sins. Without him saying, I love these people so much, they're a highlight of my creation. I want to redeem them because I love them. Without him being willing to do that, we're not here celebrating Christmas. And there's no point in being here. God's mercy and his grace saves us. What an amazing truth on Christmas Eve. What an amazing truth that God's mercy and grace saves us. So I want to close this morning. I want to ask a question on this. Where are you right now? You know, there's a couple of times a year that people, people come to church. They get spiritual. A couple of times a year. Christmas and Easter. We talk about Jesus' birth and we talk about his death. I want to ask you this morning, is where, where are you right now with the truth of Jesus Christ? With his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. Is the Holy Spirit, just like he, the Holy Spirit was the whole agent, God, in, in this whole thing. Is the Holy Spirit working on your heart that you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If he is, you know what that is? That's God's grace and mercy. That's God's grace and mercy of God working on your heart. Now here's, what, here's, here's the great thing. This is the amazing thing about this whole, the whole truth of who Jesus is. That when he extends that, when he's working on our hearts, all we have to do is humble ourselves. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. All you have to do is humble yourself. And say, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You know, when I read this book, it's not just a book. It's life. When I read this, I've never read a, anything in here where somebody who says, Lord, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner, where he doesn't restore them and exalt them. Every single time, he promises us that he will do that. And he would do that for you this morning. For my brothers and sisters here this morning, I hope that we, as, as the worship team comes here in a second, that we spend this time thanking Jesus for being born for us. Without his birth, we're not here. Thanking him for the grace and mercy that he has given us. Not that we deserve it. Not that we've earned it. And, and another thing, 
to give us the boldness and courage to share this message with our loved ones this week, today or tomorrow. Everybody's going to be gathering with family. Everybody's going to be gathering with family. I would say most people, 99% of you are going to gather with family. That a lot of them, I'm telling you, are lost and dying. Lost and dying. This is an opportunity for us, church, to have conversations with people in our family about the Lord Jesus. It's Christmas. Yeah, we're going to open up gifts, and we're going to give gifts, and we're going to have a big meal. But you can have conversations with people and ask them, hey, what do you really believe about the birth of Jesus? What do you really believe? Why do you believe it? Have the conversations. Have, and give us boldness to do that. Because I'll tell you, this is the most important thing. This is it. This is the most important thing. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, I'll be more than happy to pray with you. If you just need to thank the Lord this morning for what he's done for you, I encourage you to do that. As they come, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for this text. I thank you for well, just some things that jumped out in here that just seem... It's, it seems we can so easily, they're just, I guess I, it's just obvious, and I, I don't know, Lord, I just um, really didn't consider the family structure this week that you, you show here, and, and you show all throughout Scripture. And I, Lord, I pray that we are, um, we are a strong, family-structured church, that we promote mothers and fathers, and we support our mothers and fathers. And that we support a strong biblical family structure in how we raise our children. And we don't bend to what the world thinks, God. We just we want to do what your word says. And you lay out a great outline here for that. Lord, I pray that you give us boldness. Might give, give us boldness this week to share the truth of who you are. That it's the most important thing. It's not presence. It's not anything else. It's you. And Lord, if there's people here maybe listening this morning... Or the people that we're going to interact with this week that don't know you. I pray, Lord, your Holy Spirit will, will convict them. Do a work in their heart. And they'll ask questions, and we'll ask questions, and Lord, there'll be salvations. That's the whole reason you came. Lord, we love you this morning. We worship you. In your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you guys this morning. Um, so tonight, just a reminder, 6 o'clock candlelight service. We got special music. I know we got some specials. We'll take communion. Uh, and the candlelight service, Just a, it's a beautiful service. So I encourage you to come. Here's a benediction today. It's Isaiah 714. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall name, call his name Emmanuel. Just from our text this morning, how the prophet Isaiah, 600 years before Jesus is born. Pretty amazing. I'm going to ask Trey, our missionary in Florida, to close us in prayer. Father, we come before you today, and we thank you for these truths that were spoken today. Um, and we just thank you for being perfect, and as your word reminds us over and over and over again that you are holy, holy, holy. And so because of that fact, Lord, I pray that um, that we can go and spend time with our families. Um, but remember to, to be edifying one another and lifting each other up and encouraging one another. I pray that there are fruitful gospel conversations revolved around our dinners and our, our gatherings today, Lord. Um, so we thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. And if there's just one person in here, Lord, that... Is still struggling, that their pride is getting in the way um, and hindering them from a relationship with you, Lord. Just convict them in their seat right now, Lord, and help them draw near to you, and we will give you all the glory. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.